Hmm. I probably should have waited. I'll edit that later. Oh, snap. You got a dope background. Got the political stuff going on in the background. Oh, that's dope. I was going to ask you if you wanted me to use the background or should I, you know? No, no, that goes hard. Because at first first I was, at first I was thinking like, oh, she's about to be one of the ones that do Zoom and then just be, and just be like a logo like this or whatever. But then I I saw you started moving. I'm like, oh, I need to get one of those backgrounds. Or I at least need to get someone to engineer me one of those backgrounds. Uh, Kalia, my video person, get me one of those backgrounds. I need it ASAP. Yeah, this uh, is. I, I I just put this together on Canva, you know, Canva on the, the there's a, a software called Canva uh-huh. and it's a design graphic design software and you can just make a zoom background. So I make all my zoom backgrounds. No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to do that. That's definitely for sure. I like that. Well, um, Miss uh, Jamila, uh, thank you for uh, joining the show today. Definitely want to uh, help you out with the political aspirations or whatever out in college park. So um, before we, quote unquote, start the interview. As a journalist, I like to try to do my research. And when I say try to do my research, I just mean being on Twitter, being on Instagram and just creeping through profiles and stuff. But I saw something that was very interesting on your LinkedIn profile. If you don't mind, I want to pull this out real quick. Okay. (laughs) I saw that I saw that you was an alumni of Virginia. So I said, let me go ahead and pull this out before March Madness, because I normally pull this out during March Madness. But I said, let me go ahead and pull it out real quick, because I seen that you was an alumni of uh, UVA. Yeah, um, I'm a Wahoo Cavalier. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, I didn't have the money to go to UVA. I did have the grade, so I did graduate from an HBCU, Virginia okay. State University. So, you know, we uh we stole y'all colors pretty much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sometimes the blue is a little bit lighter. It depends on which outfit that we're wearing or whatever. But you know, nobody can tell the difference. It's all, you know what I'm saying? It's all blue and orange. You know what I'm saying? When we walk around the street. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So um I want I want to start off there real quick because I seen that you you had a degree in um sociology. I remember when I was in college before I got my degree in mass communications i wanted to do sociology that was like I, I had interest in that but then i didn't know what could i do with that to make money so what made you stick with sociology throughout your career at uva well the real deal is i ch- my first two years i didn't know what i wanted to do i kept changing majors i came in there architecture major then a pre-med major you know like so every every semester i changed and sociology, and then it was government. So by the time I had to decide, I said, oh, sociology, I had taken a bunch of sociology classes and I had an interest in psychology, but sociology was more so the study of how people work together, you know, the, the, just the components of that, the the environmental relationship. So, right. so and I'm a social buzzard. So, you know, it was just, to me, it was interesting. I had also... After my first year in uh, undergrad, I my sociology professor, she was African-American. Of course, you know, UVA. I went to UVA back in the 79. I see. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to say that because when I seen when you when I seen when you graduated, I didn't want to say nothing. I was like I was outside, you know. Let me see if by time if you graduated, let's say like May, I just came outside. (laughs) I'll just leave it like that. I just came outside when that happens. But no, go ahead, though. 
Yeah, and tuition was really low, and you know, so at that time, you know, so it was affordable back in those days. And my sociology teacher, she was African American, and we did a study. My first year, we went to Muncie, Indiana, and we lived in Muncie, Indiana. It was nine of us, and it was called the uh, Muncie, Indiana Project. And I was an oral technician, and I got a chance to go to different people's, mainly senior citizens throughout Muncie and Indiana, Indiana, interviewing them. And I mean, it was so much fun. And that is what made me decide to major in sociology. I felt some of the other things, I just couldn't feel it. And with sociology, I felt it. Yes, the problem is majoring in sociology. What do you do? You know, you got to either go back to school, get a PhD or master's in social sociology, mm-hmm. go into social work. And so what I did is after um, I finished my undergrad, I went back to UVA for graduate school and I majored in education and business. And uh, while I was in graduate school, I was recruited by Macy's New York into their executive training program. And I so I stayed with that company and became a buyer with Macy's. So, yeah, I, I never I never did anything with the sociology degree in terms of job wise. Um, so, but, you know, in terms of helping me as a person to understand group um, psychology, it's, it was really good. <laughs> well, I can say this. You're not the first person to get a college degree and not actually use the college degree for what it was meant for you. You're not the first and you're not the last. I definitely That's guarantee right. that. So I got um, Jamela. Am I saying it right? Jamela? Jamel? Jamel. Just, plain, just Jamel. But it okay. doesn't bother me, but it is just plain Jamel. I get called Jamil, Jamal, Jamela, Jamila. You know, I answer to everything. You know, right, well, I, yo. <laughs> well, I got Jamel McKenzie um, on 106.7 Beat and the SS Experience. She's running for uh, city council uh, ward one out in College Park. And um, I wanted to go through your resume real quick because I seen that you got a lot of stuff going on. The, uh, the Salt Foundation, Ignite Resources. We'll get into that in a second. So I was on as again, you know, trying to, you know, pretend to be a journalist, even though I'm pretty much a gas bag that talks hip hop and R&B. But I definitely like to dibble and dabble in politics all the time. Um, you have a statement that's on uh, your website, Jamel McKenzie, the number four collegepark.com. You have a quote where you said, I came into the community of College Park. I saw a need and I felt like it was my responsibility to step up to the plate and fill that need. What did you see that needed to be done? And why are you the person who needs to fill that need? Um, again, that's a very good question. When I, I actually was a chaplain for the Henry County Police Department, before my husband and I moved to College Park. And it was predominantly white. Uh, in fact, I was only one of, I was the only female chaplain and um, one of three African-American uh, chaplains. I became a chaplain because I was concerned. This was back in 2016. And, you know, at that time we, we had a, a few things, Tra- Trayvon Martin, I think was going on, even that it wasn't really necessarily police related, but there were a lot of concerns, you know, in terms of racism and how our African-Americans were being treated by the police. And I felt like by being, well, it was like a calling to be there, ride with these police officers. And I'm I'm a black mother with a black son. And, you know, as they would relate to me, hopefully that would help them to think twice or to think before they, you know, acted violently or they may have been, you know, racially, racially inspired in their, their actions. So, I started in, in Henry County, but then I'm moving to College Park, which the city was at that point was probably about 82% African-American. 
and I'm saying, hey, I'm driving all the way down to Henry County. Why don't I just be a chaplain where I'm at? So I met with the police, the chief of police, asked him if he had a chaplaincy department. He said, no, he didn't. So he said, but we need one. <laughs> he said, can you help me? Can you help me? Well, that was a need. So, um, and this is before we even moved. We were having a house built here in College Park. So that was it. I hit the ground running. I saw a need. And then shortly after I'm, you know, I get this whole, I write the standard operating procedures for the chaplaincy. I become the first chaplain. Then I recruit uh, an interview and recruit uh, four more chaplains. And we set this whole chaplaincy core. Then we not only have chaplains in the police department, we got them in the fire department as well. So I'm doing that. And then my council person says to me for my ward, and this is the ward that I'm running for now. He says, hey, Jamel, I got a situation. Uh, my my board member for the Business Industrial Development Authority for the city is not going to be able to complete his term. Um, I'd like for you to consider that. And you can learn a lot about the city. You know, I had a business background, but I also had the people background. I was working with the police department and the community. I know this is a long answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, look, hey, look, the less work I got to do. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, basically he said, you know, so there was a need. So I stepped up to the plate again. I didn't know I wasn't a developer, didn't know a lot about I knew a lot about contracts from my own business, but I did not know a lot about development contracts or bonds and that kind of thing. Had a, a you know, a little knowledge, but not really strong knowledge. But I, I, I took it. I took it on. And so I do that. And within a few months after I'm doing that, the city is having difficulty because there's so many people that are calling the, the, the mayor and the council people and they have needs. They 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 can't pay their electric bills. They're 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 homeless. They need food. So my councilman again says to me, hey Jamel, we got a problem in this city. And I had a nonprofit at that time. And I still do. And so basically he said we need to have somebody that can be the middleman, meaning, you know, somebody to kind of, because we can't do it. We don't know where to send them. And so we established the Ignite Resource Center. So that was again. So I, I found my my, my journey uh, here ever since I hit the ground. College Park has been when there's a need, I step up to the plate and I, I, I use the business acumen that I have, my background experience, but mainly my passion, my heart, because I care about people. And uh if it's something I got to learn, I take the classes and I learn, you know, or I or I learn to learn from those who have experience, you know. So mm -hmm. I I partner with people, do whatever is necessary. Uh, I, I just have come to see that I'm happy when I feel like I'm making an impact in someone's life. That makes my life better when I can help make someone else's life better. And I definitely uh, can understand that, especially when it comes to like interviews, when I interview music artists, politicians like yourself and all of that, just being an individual who. Who's Jennifer Freeman trying to get up in here? Oh, that's my campaign organizer. Oh, she wants to get in. OK, cool. Yeah. Let's get better in. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm about to say. Like, who, like who's trying to who's trying to get it? Who's trying to get it? I, I, get I, actually, the club? I sent you um, an Instagram, but I guess you hadn't gotten it seen to just tell her. Hey Jennifer, we can only see the top of your head. <laughs> and the and the fan. And the fan. We see the fan really good. <laughs> yeah, the fan looks great. 
Nice little, nice little wood there, little gold trims on it. Look like the fans at my, uh, at my mom and my dad's house. So, um, we got Jamil McKenzie, yeah. you know what I'm saying, on the SS Experience and on 10670B. She's running for City Council War One out in uh, College Park or College Park is how they say it out here. College Park. There you go. There you go. So, um, I wanted to go through your three pillars. Um, a lot of people who know about Islam knows about the five pillars, which are things that individuals live by, way of life, and things of that nature. So, you have three pillars. Um, I I don't know if this is the name of the pillar, but it is broken down. So correct me if I'm wrong. Safety with community stewardship. I know that you spoke about that a lot with the chaplain of the police stations and all of that. Again, you probably gave like a lot of the answers that I, a lot of the answers to the questions that I wanted to give. But if you want to expound a little bit more um, on your three pillars, starting with uh, safety with community. Or as a matter of fact, let's, let, let's not do that one because you kind of did that already. We'll just say that you did that one already. Let's go to, um, I guess we can call this your second pillar, diversity and inclusion. What do you think is the problems and the issues uh, with diversity and inclusion, or how do you think that you can actually improve the diversity and inclusion out in College Park? You know, when I look at creation, we're talking about Islam and, you know, how the creator has made everything so beautiful and things are different, you know, uh, and everything in these different ecosystems are needed and work together. Creation knows how to do this. Nature knows how to do this. But when it comes to the to humans, uh, we do not respect the, the, the respect and the honor for diversity, meaning understanding that being different doesn't mean that we're not equal or that you're less than. And, you know, the differences, part of the reason why you have differences is because no man is an island. No one has all of the answers. And so when we start looking at the parts of a puzzle, there the different pieces come together to make the whole. So basically what I find oftentimes is that we have, uh, even within our community, you have different, different sections of the community, different cultures, different, um, different socioeconomic economics. And there's not a sense of unity um, or, you know, like I said, or people get discluded, if that's a word, or disincluded. Well, as long and as so, you can give it a definition, it's a word. That's how I always right. say it. You so, give it a definition, so, it's a word. So diversity... Diversity and, you know, one of my um, my little hashtags is one ward one. I look through my ward, even within my ward, I see that there are different parts. The community is 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 separated in so many ways. Um, you know, I, my ward is one of the most diverse wards in the city of College Park, meaning we have the we have just about every culture, every ethnicity uh, that is in Georgia is in our ward. We have all of the different socioeconomics. And there is a reason that our world is like that. And we have to be able to embrace the things that make us different in order to make us better. So diversity and inclusion is accepting the things that are different, honoring the things that are different, and utilizing those things for us to make this one one great culture that we have in, in College Park. Or, you know, I mean, that could be the world, but I'm focusing on College Park. So that is, you know, honoring diversity and um, seeing all people as assets, not resources that you just use, but assets that you know bring something awesome and amazing to the table. If I'm speaking to you, there it's not just for me to use you, but it's there's something that I also have to honor you. So I'm really big on honor. I'm big on dignity. Okay, we got Jamel McKenzie 
on 106.7 to beat the SS experience running for Ward 1 City Council out there in College Park. You touched on this a little bit earlier um, about the, the business developmental uh, part of uh, your experience, um, which I believe one of your other pillars, intentional strategic development with accessibility. What's the problem with accessibility? Why aren't certain people getting access to the things that they need? I guess if you're talking about business owners needing loans or um, homeowners needing things to build up their property, what's the, the issue with that? And what are the things that um, your platform or campaign will do about that? Okay, well, one thing I, I got to start with the strategic, intentional strategic development, if that's okay. okay. We are in the city of College Park, many Park. people are probably aware that we had, uh, Jennifer, I think you're on, you might need to mute. I don't know. In the in the city of College Park, we we have a major development which was called Airport City until a couple of years ago, and now it's called Six West. The city is developing over three hundred acres, and it's in it's on prime property, and it, and most the majority of that is in the ward that I'm running for, and so it's important that as we develop that property, that we are being intentional. I Meaning we're not just decide it was going to be hodgepodge, put this there, that there, but meaning having some relevance, finding what are the things that make our community what it is, the strengths of our community, but also how can we progress? So how can we honor what we have and build upon that within this development, but then also how can we see progress and become even better? So we are located, College Park, talking in terms of accessibility, College Park, in our backyard and in, 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 in our in our in our on our land, we have the world's busiest airport. Hartsfield Jackson Airport is the, the world's busiest airport. And um, so meaning how do we even take what how I would like to see my vision is to see somebody fly in on a Delta airplane, any airplane doesn't matter. Stay in a hotel. We have 37 hotels in our in our and, and, and more that more that are being built. How do we as an economy and as a as a community begin to capitalize and and grow economically through the the advantages that we have so i'd like to see somebody flying on a plane stay in one of my hotels eat in my restaurant so i want to see a thriving business community so everything that we're doing it should complement and there should also be we're an airport community so even theming looking at a theme we also are a community where you know you're your, your hip hop, you, you, you interview people in hip hop. We've got a lot of artists that have come out of the College Park area. Mm -hmm. So looking at in terms of cult music culture um, and then as well, the business community. And we have some amazing restaurants that are here and we want to be able to be accessible. What I mean is I want people from different parts of Atlanta, from the airport. We also have the second largest convention center in the state of Georgia in our city. And we own our own arena where a G League basketball team, you know, NBA G League team plays and the WNBA, the Atlanta Dream plays. So you want to have some, we want to be, when I talk about accessible, I want us to be easy to get to and I want us to be, to be easy to get around. I want people that live in different parts of the city for them to be able to get to where they want. Because, you know, sometimes you live somewhere and you've never even seen what's in your own city. And so even as we build our six West, making sure that it's accessible to all uh, persons, to our visitors, to our residents, and then persons that are from, you know, outlying areas of the city. So as a person who 
isn't from the area. Um, like I said, I'm originally, well, quote unquote, I'm born here, but when I was three, I moved to Virginia and I've been oh. a Virginian, I've been a Virginian ever since, you know what I'm saying? I'm more of a, a Decatur type individual. But for everybody else who doesn't really know the dynamics of the Atlanta metropolitan area, and you did kind of touch on this a little bit, but I kind of just wanted to put it out there in a question. What does make College Park, you know, different from, you know, your Decatur's, your, I don't know if East Point's considered city, because like I said, I don't know what's considered cities, what's considered suburbs or whatever, but, um, and you did touch on this a few earlier, let's attract people to College Park, you know what I'm saying? So you you mentioned that the Atlanta Dream plays in College Park. I didn't know that. I really thought they played in state form. I really did, you know what I mean? No cap, I didn't know that. So you definitely put me on something right there. Um, the airport, didn't really know that the airport was in College Park. I just thought that was still a part of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like you got this big airport here, should be should be Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. It's College Park. Um, you mentioned that music artist is from here. I was just at an event, not with Jermaine Dupri, but you know Jermaine Dupri was way in the front and I was way in the back. But I was in the same building as him, and he was talking a little bit about College Park. Um, what do you see about the youth though in College Park? Like, what are some things that you know? Because those are the people who you know we want to try to talk to. That I always say with politicians, I always want you guys to speak to the 18 year olds who probably don't care about voting. We want to get them involved in the voting process or whatever. So what will your administration do to, I guess, better the lives of, you know, the young or things that you see that could, you know, help out the young, you know, within, you know, their young adult years? Well, actually, you know, as a nonprofit leader, I started a program back in 2021 called Birthright by Legacy. And it is specifically a program for teens 16 to 19 years old. What I found is there are loads of programs or there's lots of services available for children in elementary school. As you get to middle school, the pickings get a little slim. Uh, but by the time you're in high school, there's really not that much uh, for students. I mean, their programs don't get me wrong, but I really wanted to do something for young people that may not have the access and especially in my city, I started with, you know, most of the students in our program, 16 to 18. It is a youth leadership, entrepreneurship and innovation program. And we, we divide the program into three sessions. The first session is called You Matter. And we spend time building the self-esteem or the esteem of these young people, letting them know, look, you matter. You know, everything about you. Remember, I'm an honor person. I'm a dignity person. Yeah, we have right. a life coach that meets with each of these children for an hour, um, the, each, well, an, an hour each of the three sessions, okay? And so that person, they're, they're, they're kind of looking at what do you want to do with your life? What's your interest? So we start do, doing career, uh, career path mapping. The second six weeks is called Money Matters. And then we start helping these young people get a relationship with money because money Money answers all things. It's not the answer to all things, but it does answer to all things. And so teaching them how to budget, understanding even what stocks are, savings, and you know what, what, what are your future financial goals? And the last six weeks of the program is actually a paid internship. So we're getting them ready. We're trying to identify first what it is that you want to do in life. And then secondly, in fact, Carly Red was one of the people that uh, came on when we first started our program and she challenged all of our young people, this was the first year's class to come up with a business plan. 
and um, you know, for for just some type of entrepreneurial venture that they would do, and that was a really fun project for them. So we introduced them. So even during the whole uh, eighteen week program, we're constantly introducing them to persons from all over the world, whether it be doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, celebrities, um, you know, p- persons who have had situations in their life that they overcame, and the the, the youth get to speak to these people. And um, 98.9% of them are African-American because we want them to be able to see themselves. We want them to see that this person did it. In fact, we had a world club. Now his name has escaped me, but we had one an Olympian in our last uh, last year's session. So the last six weeks, we pair them. We get them an internship at a business that is an interest for them. I mean, we don't send them to to Office Depot to to work, you know, to work behind the as a cashier. I mean, if you want to be a manager in a managerial, the businesses have to agree that the owners or the supervisors or whatever are going to spend time and let and, and let these youth shadow them. We pay them. We raise money, so it's not like the business has to come up with money because we have we're making a list of demands. And this this has been an amazing opportunity. We have seen so many lives change. And so in terms of what do I plan to do for you, I plan to continue this. Uh, I can't plan to continue programs such as this throughout my community and uh, working with the business owners. I'm very, very involved with the business owners in our city and, um, and, and then also our recreation department. We have a fabulous recreation department in the city of college park and there's opportunities as well um, to get our youth involved but again sports is not everything and a lot of times we spend a lot of our focus on sports and even music you know you can know music is hard boy my son is a big dj here in atlanta but it wasn't easy getting to that point you know so you still want to have something else under your belt as well. You know, you can go and pursue your dream, but while you're pursuing your dream, you probably need to have some type of a skill and not everybody's going to go to college. So we're also working on another thing with Fulton County Schools. Um, we had a, a McLaren, which was our, um, it was an alternative school here in College Park. It closed down and now we're, we're going to actually be putting in an institute which people can get trained, they can get certificates, and, uh, you know, it'd be that kind of a program where you don't have to go to college, but, you know, right from high school, you could become, get into construction, um, you know, weld, welders or those different types of, um, even maybe we might even have a hair, you know, be able to get your license in, in, in cosmetology, but just offering different opportunities and letting people know that you can make it. So I'm very, 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 very youth focused. I'm youth focused and I'm senior citizen focused. Okay, well, I'm glad that you mentioned about senior citizens, but um, before we get into the senior citizens, I want to talk about, um, when we talk about local politics, we always want to know who you will align yourself with in like the bigger picture. So I want to ask you a question of more or less about national politics, because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people only vote when it's a presidential election. They don't vote during the primaries. They don't vote during local elections and things like that. So we want to, again, try to get the people to vote during um, 
first off, because again, I'm not a, a Georgian, even though I do, I could vote out here, but I just haven't yet. When are these elections? Are these elections coming up in November, or this is one of those like midterm summer elections that we? That My election about? is a November election, so I. Some people say I'm starting early, but it's really not that I'm starting. I started a long time ago. <laughs> I, mean, I got you. Been involved in the community. I just announced that I was going to be running. Uh, but I've been involved in the community. So this is a November 7th, 2023. There will be early voting that'll start in October, but um, the election day is November 7th. Okay, so we make sure that we get everybody out to the polls on November 7th. What do you think about the state of politics from a national, a national perspective? Well, you know, I think the national perspective and the, the local perspective, I think politics is kind of all in the same bowl that we need leadership in this country, whether it be from the White House, and I'm not attacking the White House, I'm just saying from the White House to the to the smaller municipalities where you have leaders that are committed to their community. Um, there's I still see a lot of self-serving. I see a lot of um the failure to be transparent. We need, you know, as American people, we need transparency and we need leaders that are going to be accountable to the people. Uh, we started with our campaign. We're having a series of listening sessions. We had one this past Wednesday. My feeling is I can't represent anybody if I don't hear from you. I need to know your voice because I am not there. Elected officials are not there to represent themselves. They're not there to promote themselves. Of course, you are promoting. There is a self-promotion in terms of your election because people need to know who you are. But mm -hmm. once you're in office and why you're in office is for the people. So uh, what, what I just see is just a lot of cat and mice. It just seems like we have, you know, it's just if one person puts this legislation, I don't like that individual. So I, I'm not going to agree to it. So there needs to be, we need to be looking at what the greater good is. What does our country need? What are the needs of our people? Hear the voice of our people and represent our people, even if it's not your own viewpoint. If you're in a district and the majority of your people feel a certain way and you're a representative, your job is to be an ambassador. You're, you're the messenger. You're the messenger. And you should carry the message and you should fight for whatever that message is or whatever that need is for your community and get your little self out the way. No, that's definitely understandable because that is one of the big problems that, you know, the White House, Biden and all of them is having is just they try to create something that's real good. And then the other side, the. The right. Yeah, that's right. Cause that's they, right. They, the right they, and the they, left. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, nah, cause I'd be trying to remember like which one am I? Cause I'm left and they're right because they think that they're right. So they're right. And that's, that's how I try to remember, you know what I'm saying? They think that they're right. So they're right. And then we're left. So you got people on the right that don't want to do certain things and it just affects people on the left. And then the people who get screwed is uh the people in the middle or the people who um are just regular citizens like ourselves or whatnot. Um, it kind of goes back to the whole diversity and inclusion thing. I was going to ask you, did you have any issues with that? But I would be irresponsible if I didn't get you to expound a little bit more on the elderly um, that you were speaking of earlier. I mean, I did ask you questions about the youth, but uh, we try to get some older people in the demographic, you know, try to get, you know, some of the 40 and 45 year olds to, you know, come by and listen to the, the clown show that I try to put on from time to time. But when I try to be serious, I try to be serious. But um, the elderly people, um, what are some things that you see that the um, elderly people are lacking? Because I just was watching Fox 5 just a second ago, and they were just talking about this uh, 
nurse worker or whatever that just basically left this 63 year old lady just to be to herself and she just basically died just kind of like left her to her own devices and you know basically not taking care of her and that's one thing that i don't tolerate i don't tolerate messing with kids and i don't tolerate mess with old people elderly people however you want to classify them so what do you think um the elderly people need and how can um you know you help out the elderly you know with their life and the things that they have going on because Obviously, being old isn't the greatest thing in the world. I mean, it's great as far as life goes, but you're not as young as you used to be, and you want to make sure that those those twilight years, as they say, are good years. Great question. Um, I grew up in a three-generational household, so my grandparents, you know, so I always was given honor and understanding for persons that were, you know, my grandparents were probably 40, 50 years older than me. So, you know, you, you definitely uh elderly have always been important what one thing that elderly uh, are older or seniors need is they need to know first of all they need to know that there's somebody that cares about them uh they need to be protected there's so there's a lot of even from scams um you know because what happens is technology is always evolving and changing mm -hmm. and so you know the biggest thing that i see that happens with a lot of our seniors is you know they get these calls and their money uh, so some some type of form of protection for seniors, but but that that's that that's not something that we talk about a lot. But in terms of making sure that our seniors have quality health care, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them are on they receive Medicare, but um, you know, just because you receive Medicare doesn't mean that you have a really good doctor. I'm I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of new companies that are coming up to provide state of the art care for our seniors. Our seniors need. Uh, what we did, we had a program where we had food delivered, meals and even groceries. Mm. So in terms of anything that has to do with their health, when we were dealing with the onset of the COVID pandemic, a lot of our seniors, you know, they were the most compromised population. And so several of them weren't leaving their homes. And uh, so the, even in terms of their diet, so diet health, because a good diet and being in good health will give you quality of life as you age. And so those are the types of things. Also having activities, activities for our seniors. Here in College Park, we do have a very active senior community and lo and behold, the seniors are basically, the, those are our biggest voting base. And that's why I can't understand, you know, a person getting into office and not protecting senior rights, making sure that our seniors have longevity, quality of life, and uh, to know that they're cared about. I don't know where do I hear your voice somewhere else, but one of these phones is playing know. you. That's weird. Yeah, that's crazy. You're like, like your message was just playing. Oh, that somewhere. was my. I think that was my website. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I don't know. I don't know which phone was just. I don't know which phone was just playing it. Like it was just weird because I was like I said I was on your website just you know doing my journalism thing, trying to find some good questions and talking points. I. I guess I accidentally played one of your videos. Um, <laughs> so I got uh, Jamel McKenzie on the SS Experience on 167 to be running for Ward 1 City Council out there in uh, Collie Park. Um, I've, I normally like to play some sort of like fun game, but I was really more focused on the whole, you know, the whole political thing. I normally do like a top five of, of something, but I 
Definitely, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball on this one. I normally have like a nice little top five list or something to throw at you or whatever. But um, just keeping on going with the last uh, couple of minutes uh, that we have here. So, are you a Georgian that went to UVA, or are you like, are you one of those like uh, Atlanta transplants? As some technically would say, I am. Well, my accent must really be gone. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. And I went to college, I actually went to UVA when I was 16. I graduated from high school and went to Virginia. And my family, my roots are Southern, but I grew up in the North. And so I once I once I went back when I graduated from school and I, I became a buyer for Macy's New York. But being in the South kind of messed me up. I, I love the South. And as soon as we had that opportunity, uh, 37 buyers from Macy were being relocated to the South. And I volunteered to come down here because I just love, even though I love New York, I love the lifestyle here. So I am a trans, a Northern transplant from Brooklyn, New York. No, 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 no. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I have a nice game that I love to play with New Yorkers. I have three words that I always make New Yorkers say. Okay. Say hot dog. Hot dog. There dog. We go. There you go. <laughs> I can't no, say no. hot dog. No, 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 I no, 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 no. That, that's exactly how the New Yorkers say it. Say cross. Cross. Hot dog was a little bit. Hot dog was a little okay, bit. Okay, you dog. know I've been assimilated. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. And then obviously the obviously the the one word New York. New York. <laughs> okay okay it's there we just had it we just had to, we just had we just had to force it out there real quick because i can definitely understand the culture shock that you went through from you know being in new york and then going to charlottesville virginia like me being from virginia beach virginia i get a culture shock going to charlottesville virginia and i'm still within the same state you know what i'm saying i'm just 64 west i mean 64 yeah 64 west going up there and i still get the same culture shock being up there so i know for you 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 saw big buildings, boroughs, trains, and then you go to the quote unquote plantation of Thomas Jefferson and everything <laughs> oh, yeah. else. So um, that's definitely crazy. So um, again, uh, Jamel McKenzie running for Ward 1 City Council out here in uh, College Park on uh, 1067 to be in the SS experience. So with the last uh, minute or two left, you know, I know you, the campaign is starting very early for you, but you know, this video and this recording will run for a very, very long time, just to make sure that people, you know, are into the know or whatnot. Just last, um, last thoughts, you know what I'm saying? Last, last thoughts before, uh, before we go. Uh, I just, you know, again, I am looking forward to continuing to serve. Uh, as you saw on the website that there is a need in my city for proper representation for persons that a person that is caring, a person that's intelligent, a person that's involved, transparent, and that is going to roll up their sleeves without reservation to serve the people. And that person is myself. Uh, I also want to invite persons to, to check out our website, which is Jamel McKenzie, the number four for College Park. Dot com. We are holding a series of listening sessions over the next um, next few weeks, and we'd like to definitely invite anybody. In fact, they'll be done virtually, so a person can do it. On, it will be on Zoom, and, and people that would like to learn more about me, learn more about College Park, and especially my community, I want to invite them to come out, be a part. I'm not looking just to be a candidate or a politician. We're looking to have a movement, a movement that creates a community within College Park where everyone can thrive. 
Well, Jamel, I don't want this thing to cut off while you're doing that, that great soliloquy. Uh, so Jamel McKenzie, number four, collegepart.com. Um, if it cuts off while you're plugging your IG, but I'll have the IG tagged and everything else. So um, Jamel, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'll make sure that this thing runs and uh, let's get you up in Collie Park. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. <laughs>